the contract piece was just something that I had so much conviction about from my own experiences that I really pushed for. A lot of people didn't know when we were interviewing them, that wasn't like a major pain point in their day to day. But once we started telling people about the idea, they were like, wait, that's brilliant. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode 148 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. As per usual, I am here with Kaylee today. She has been on that podcast twice before and always at different stages of her entrepreneurial journey. So I like to catch up with people and she is launching a new business. So I thought it was a good time to bring her back, especially after the whole pandemic and reels and so many things in the influencer space that has changed. And she knows a lot about that industry. So that is what we're talking about today. Kaylee takes us through her journey of starting her newest adventure, which is Norm. And it is a platform that's going to help influencers and creators read contracts, know how much they're, they should charge brands, all of the the details that people sometimes just don't know. And she's making it an accessible platform for creators, influencers, and agencies to be able to use so that the industry standard can be updated and people can know how this whole industry works. And so we get into that. She talks about what the challenges and learnings have been in creating a tech startup for someone who has never done it before. She takes us through how her marketing strategy went and how they decided how to do that, how to do it on Instagram, what that process looked like and how that relates back to raising money. Because at the end of the day, that's what she needs to start this company. And so we go into all of that. I think it's super interesting. And then she also talks about just the future of influencer marketing and her advice for people who want to become content creators and the different platforms that are available, what a niche looks like, and that it is possible for people to become content creators and influencers without the traditional like fashion blogger or what we all picture influencers to look like. Um, She definitely talks about the democratization of influencer marketing and content creation. It is a great conversation and also is super insightful if you are a content creator, want to get into content creation or interested in the tech startup life. So let us jump into it. Here is Kaylee. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm here today with Kaylee, she's in LA and I'm really jealous, but I appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. It's been a couple of years since we did a podcast interview, I think. Yeah, which is insane because I feel like it wasn't that long ago, but but it was. And I I think this is the third time you've been on the podcast. And I feel like it's great mm-hmm. because like as an entrepreneur, like everything just keeps changing. So yeah. it's easy to just keep asking what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> No, thanks for having me. And like I said, you've been on the podcast before um, and we've talked about all of your entrepreneurial journey, but for people who haven't listened to those episodes and don't know who you are or follow you on Instagram, do you want to give us a little rundown on the journey and where you started and where you are now? Yeah. I mean, I guess I've been working with influencers in some capacity for the past almost eight years, Um, but I started on the brand side. So I've always been an entrepreneur. I co-founded my first startup when I was 20 and it was a fashion brand. 
And for that, I was really like taking the lead on digital marketing. And this was, you know, back in the day when Instagram still looked very different and (laughs) there was no TikTok and I had just graduated university. And so I was really teaching myself a lot of these like social media skills to help build my business. And one of the things that really started to take off was this grassroots influencer program that I had created for my clothing line. And it became one of the largest driver of sales for our business. And so when I left, I started freelancing and consulting in the influencer space because I had seen the impact of these influencers. And I was like, wait, this is really interesting and fun. And it was like a new thing in the social media space still. So I started working with other brands, helping them build influencer relationships and influencer programs. And that kind of led me to starting my agency, Hermana Agency, um, where we work with brands and influencers to basically like connect the dots and manage all of the pieces that go on within a brand deal. Um, And really over the past like two years, have niched down even more specifically to talent management. So I had started on the brand side. I became a creator of my own sorts along the way and really fell in love with working with influencers on the influencer representation side. So rather than being the brand that's hiring the influencers, actually being the management team on the influencer side and helping negotiate their rates, reviewing contracts, helping them strategize and like conceptualize these brand deals. And that became really fun for me. And I think it's because I had seen so many like inequalities in the industry along the way um, and a lack of transparency on things. And so being able to help these creators monetize and charge more than what they knew they could charge Um, was really fulfilling. And so that's been my life for the past like really seven years. And we now have a small team at Hermana um, of talent managers who are supporting our influencer roster. And most recently over the past year, I started another business also (laughs) in the influencer space, um, this time in tech, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit uh, later in this episode. But yeah, that's That's me. I'm an entrepreneur through and through and work just with influencers and creators like on all sides of the equation. Right. And I, it's so interesting because I feel like you have such a good perspective from being a creator yourself, working on the brand side and then being the talent management side, which probably sets you apart from a lot of what's currently out there. And I feel like there's a lot of frustrations on both sides. I had just, I had a conversation with a woman who owns a PR agency a couple of days ago and they do influencer deals with their clients, but then she doesn't even use Instagram herself. And so then it was very much like you're very siloed because she just goes off of what like the brands want, but then not necessarily having the influencer side. And so I feel like you're in a really good like Venn diagram situation where you're in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a unique perspective. And I think it's helpful to like for the influencers we work with, we're able to give reasons why brands ask for things a certain way and kind of be a translator between brands and influencers where brands kind of expecting one things one way and then influencers have different expectations and our role is to kind of come in and like solve those problems and help communicate between the two as to why each party (laughs) is viewing this differently so um, it can be challenging sometimes but it's really fun. Yeah, definitely. And I guess if you enjoy it, then that's really all that matters. Yeah. (laughs) And so we can jump into 
your tech startup? Cause I feel like that is the most relevant and what you've sure. been talking about online. Um, and so yeah. do you want to give us a background on what it is, how it started totally. the whole pitch here? Totally. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I started Norm uh, last year in 2021, and uh, really it was born out of working in the industry for so long and seeing these gaps both in software and like our daily workflow and just industry um, problems that kept coming up in our work with influencers and as talent managers. And so the biggest one was constantly being asked, how much should I charge for this? <laughs> so influencers, especially new influencers in the space, not really knowing how to value or measure their value as a new content creator. Um, TikTok, we've seen so many new influencers blow up over the past two years that had no previous experience in this space prior to that. And a lot of young creators, especially who are now being offered these brand deals from these massive corporations, their dream brands, but are oftentimes being taken advantage of by these brands or these agencies because they uh, don't have the industry knowledge of what those rates should be and what terms are standard. And so after being asked these rate questions so much, I was like, there has to be a better way for influencers to understand their value um, and to be able to negotiate that with brands. And so we started building a pricing calculator, which is not just impacted by your follower count as an influencer, but also your engagement rate, your niche, your average views, the platform, um, things that are really specific to each individual brand deal. So like exclusivity, usage rights, these terms that I didn't even know, you know, a few years ago before really working on the talent side. And so that started in development last year. And alongside that, we started building a contract reader, which was mostly from my pain points as a talent <laughs> manager, reviewing, you know, dozens of contracts for our roster every single week and thinking like, what do influencers that don't have lawyers or don't have managers do when a brand sends them a contract? Well, a lot of them don't even read the contract, first That's of me. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there are these very lengthy documents full of legalese that like a lot of times you're just trusting that the brand has put in there what you've negotiated up front and you sign it and you might not understand every single term that's in there, but that's just kind of the way that things are. And lawyers truthfully are not accessible for the majority of this industry. And so we started looking at how could we help these creators understand what they're signing before they actually sign it. And so um, the idea for a contract reader came to mind because I'm an avid Dext user. I don't know if you know that company. They used to be mm -hmm. Receipt Bank, but oh. basically you like take a photo of your receipt and it pulls the numbers and like the key information and stores it in the cloud. And I was like, what if we could just do something like that for contracts? You like drag and drop a contract in and it pulls the key terms that you need to know and like helps identify and define them so that you as an influencer can go back and like request changes more confidently and actually know what is being contracted of you in these brand deals. So those two pieces, we started development last year and it really just like came about 
wanting to like build a new influencer platform that was really creator first, but also knowing that there's a million influencer platforms already and the majority of them are not servicing creators in a way that uh, fits within their daily workflow. And so that's what has been in development for the past few months. Um, And we just started like kind of soft launching in the last month or so and building a wait list. And uh, yeah, we're like hoping to launch in the next couple of months the first MVP. Cool. No, that's so exciting. And I think it it does make it different as someone who like has seen all the platforms and like you're a part of them. You get emails like every day from like a new one that's like, join, we can like hook you up with brands. And you're like, I'm good. But then I think that having actual usable tools is super handy, especially with contracts. And I literally just went through my, my manager sent me an email that was like, Oh, like you have to re-sign this contract that we already did like last year. And we already did the content, but they're like, Oh, we missed this part of the contract. Cause it was like a 30 page contract. And like, even like her reading it as a human missed something that was in it. And the brand was being an asshole and was like, Oh, like you didn't read this part of the contract. You need to re-sign this. And you're just like, what you're like, and so a tool like that for contracts with PR companies and brands that are like clearly taking advantage and not just being nice people. You need something like that, that isn't reliant on a human reading them sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's and exciting. It's so true. Like there's so much room for human error. And I've done that too, where, you know, you, you comb through a contract and you're like, okay, yeah, like I understand this. And then you see afterwards, oh my gosh, I missed this like one line hidden within this clause that now like they own my content. Like I've heard so many of these stories. And so, yeah, we're really seeing Norm as like a tool to help you as a creator or as a talent manager um, do your job better and more efficiently and more quickly. But that human element is also really important because without that layer of like interpretation, the tools can really just exist to like point out certain things, but you're still negotiating with the brand, you know, like we're not at least at this point sending like (laughs) an automated, like AI created email back to the brand for you. So yeah, it's really like a tool that at least at Hermana, we're really excited about testing. And we have a few other agencies that are um, on board to do like pilot projects when we launch so that we can get some really great feedback and kind of determine like what the next steps are in making it a more refined product. Right. And how did you know where to start? Like in making a tech product? Like what, when you're like, I have this idea, like how did it go from like idea to like actual like thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a good question. (laughs) So I do not have a technical background. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a developer. I am a marketer. And I actually uh, have a partnership with a VC firm who really kind of like beyond just investing in Norm has acted as an incubator and like business mentors and um, helped me really understand what all of those pieces are to building something like this. So we went out and kind of outsourced the initial development of the pricing calculator and the contract reader. And because of their network being VCs and working with a lot of companies, they knew kind of who was great to do that initial work and could create something functional that we could actually be proud of before we go out and hire a full team internally, because that's, 
you know, a lot of work and really expensive and um, building our initial product was like, okay, let's just outsource this. Let's test and validate that people actually want this. And then we can go out and raise more money and like keep building Norm as a company. So that's kind of how that happened. And in terms of like the product development, we started outside of my own pain points, we started with a ton of customer research and interviews. And so um, the kind of firm that we partnered with really wanted to validate that this was a problem outside of just like Hermana, outside of just Kaylee. And so we had set up interviews with a bunch of influencers and talent managers for probably a month, like doing all this research, compiling notes, um, trying to find people that were not just like directly within my network too, because that can be biased as well. um, When people are excited about you as a founder (laughs) versus just like the problem and the product. So we did a lot of that. And then it was honestly like sketching things out on paper and like, okay, in your wildest dreams, like, what does this look like? Um, Coming up with a lot of these solutions to problems that we had heard from these influencers and I mean, the main, the, the main question and problem that was repeated was again around like, how much do I charge? Like, I don't know what I'm worth. I don't know how to like validate that to brands. And so that is how that pricing calculator came to be. And then the contract piece was just something that I had so much conviction about from my own experiences that I really pushed for and was something that I think like a lot of people didn't know when we were interviewing them, that wasn't like a major pain point in their day to day. But once we started telling people about the idea, they were like, wait, that's brilliant. So it is really interesting, like building a company and trying to build off of feedback and what your audience and what your customers want versus also creating new tools and things and kind of predicting what you think the market needs um, and balancing those two. Right. Yeah. And I think when people then like, even when you just said it now, I was just like, oh yeah, I literally could have used that three months ago (laughs) because you just don't think about it, especially as someone like, I don't even read, I never read contracts. Oops. But I don't have to read them anymore because I hired someone to do that. But clearly it's even when people know how to read contracts that you still need those tools. And then obviously pricing and again, that's something that I then had help with, with someone like you to be like, here's all the things. And so as someone, if you were just to do it yourself, having a tool like that is super helpful. And then, like you said, you can have more confidence in going to brands and like actually making the money that you deserve for the content you're creating. Yeah, exactly. Um, and from like a marketing side then for this product, cause obviously I follow you. So I followed the whole like journey of it and you had a really successful launch with like the email sign up and like people wanting to follow you, but like not allowing people to follow you and like creating <laughs> that kind of like FOMO of the whole thing. Was that a pre-planned strategy or was that kind of just like, as you went and as momentum <laughs> built that you just like went along with it? Um, a bit of both. So we knew that if we were going to fundraise, um, to be able to complete norms like product development and, um, continued growth that we needed a wait list of users so that we could go to investors and say, look, all of these people want this product. So please give us more money to continue (laughs) building it so that we can give it to these people. And so, we kind of made like an internal goal of, uh, you know, how many people we wanted on the wait list and how we were going to do that. And, 
Natalie, who works on my team at Hermana, um, has also been really passionate about everything norm. And so a lot of this strategy is actually to her credit where she did a lot of like direct one-on-one like communication with people within our existing community. Um, she was DMing people from Hermana and telling them about norm. And we have an existing Facebook group and our existing newsletter. And so we had like specific content going out, kind of like teasing this soft launch of what is norm and like, who is norm? Like, is norm like a person? Like, is norm a thing? Like, what is it? And we didn't really like say what norm was other than like a brief one-liner for the first, I think, month of talking about it. And for me, knowing that this product wasn't going to be available for like a decent amount of time, but that we needed to get people excited about it. I think that mystery and that FOMO was really helpful in like piquing people's interest and sustaining interest over time so that when we continue to talk about it, we're constantly like sharing a little bit more and like a little bit more, like pulling the curtain a little bit more back. Um, But at the beginning, it wasn't just like, here's Norm and this is everything about it. And now, okay, now you have to wait like three months to use it. So we kind of had this like staggered release where the first month was very vague, just like Norm is coming, like who is Norm? What is Norm? (laughs) Sign up here. And then we actually did more of like a soft launch um, external to just my Hermana network. So I actually started posting about it and talking about Norm and Natalie came up with this idea of having a private Instagram account for the first month and a bit um, to basically get people to follow it so that when we were ready to quote unquote launch or soft launch, all of the people that had requested to follow would get a notification that they were now accepted to the page. So as we were building this landing page for Norm in the background, we were collecting all of these follow requests so that when the website was ready to go live, we could accept all of the follow requests, all of those people would be notified, and then they would see the first thing was the waitlist was live. So that was kind of the strategy there. Um, the timing around it was not really planned. Like <laughs> we had at one point, like in the very beginning, hit 22 follow requests or 22 followers. And someone was like, private the page at 22, like keep everything 22 because like 222 is good luck and, you know, angel numbers. And I'm like really into that stuff. So (laughs) I was like, okay, so we kept the page at 22 followers following two people, um, releasing like 222 February 22nd or 20, 2022. Oh my gosh. A lot of twos. (laughs) So many twos. And then on February 22nd, 2022, we accepted all of the follows. Um, so it was like kind of fun because people were like asking about it and uh, kind of put puzzle pieces together in some ways when we weren't explicitly saying that. And I think from a marketing perspective, or at least like from a consumer perspective, I love those things. Like when artists or brands are kind of like secretive and like a little bit playful with the way that they launch things with kind of Easter eggs. That to me is really fun. So we were kind of playing into that, but yeah, I think we got uh, 500 signups on the wait list by the time we launched the website, 
which was the goal was 500 people on the wait list to go to investors and continue these conversations. And now I think we're at around 800. So we're feeling really good about things. Um, But yeah, it's a lot of work Um, and definitely hard to get people excited about a product that like you can't use yet. Right. And that's very specific too for yeah, like a really niche group of people that would be interested in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, and so what now do you have to do to have a fully functional product? Like where are you now? Like you have the website, yeah. where's like the end yeah, in that? <laughs> um, so we're like 90% done the MVP development. So the pricing calculator and the contract reader they're functional, but like not a hundred percent done. And so right now we are raising our pre-seed round, which for people who like aren't into the startup investor community, basically means we're like asking investors and like friends and family at a very early stage to invest in the company so that we can continue this product development and finalize that as well as have some money for marketing to go out and like convert these waitlist users to actual users. And then once people are actually testing the product, go out and like acquire more users and further refine the product development. So that's kind of where we're at now is I'm in LA meeting with people talking a lot about money (laughs) And we're also kind of taking a bit of a unique approach, which I think is in some ways a little bit harder because when you are traditionally raising money for a startup from a venture capital firm, let's say, uh, you're typically asking them for like these pretty big check sizes. And that's what helps you as a company get started. You kind of exchange equity or whatever that looks like for those checks. And what we're doing is Outside of just talking to VC firms, we're also opening it up to influencers and agencies who want to be angel investors in Norm so that it is truly like creator first and not only designed with the thought of creators in mind, but like creators and agencies other than me will actually have ownership in this. So the strategy is always guided by the people that are using it the most. And so I say it's like untraditional because that typically means like check sizes are a lot smaller um, when you're talking to like some of these types of angel investors and especially like influencers who are making a lot of money, but maybe have never had the opportunity to invest in a startup before. There's a lot of education around that and like, what does it mean? And like, what are the risks? But for me, it was really important to have that as an option so that we're not just like fully funded by VC money throughout this entire journey. Right. And like you said, I feel like that will help along the way. And like, just as the life of Norm continues to stay up to date on the trends and what people need and actually have like insight into that, as opposed to just like you personally, then having to go ask all of these people, at least then they're invested as well in making this work. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the idea of having, you know, other primarily, actually, I think yeah, like 95% of the people that we're talking to are women. So like female investors and female influencers and managers and agency owners having a stake in this is really exciting because so many of the existing tech platforms in this creator economy space are male-driven, male co-founders funded by large VC firms. 
Um, and so that's not to be like the only reason, but it is exciting to me that we're seeing a lot more like female founders and also women that want to be investors and want to like support these startups in this space where it is a very female dominated space. Right. No, I think that's, it's just good for, I think the future of influencer marketing as well to have those people be able to put their insight into a platform that is changing the industry and changing their career and then feel like they're a part of a business like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So touching on that, because you are building a platform that will help people grow their influence, make money off of it, have careers in it. So where do you see the influencer marketing industry going in the future, in the near future, whatever timeline you look at? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think like it's really becoming democratized in some ways, like that's a bit of a buzzword right now, but it's true. Platforms like TikTok are letting the average person grow an audience by for sometimes like very, very simple things. Like there's an influencer we talked to recently, um, that we were really interested in signing and, her account is a Dairy Queen account. She works at Dairy (laughs) Queen and just like shows how she like decorates the cakes. And that's literally her entire account. She has like two million followers. (laughs) So like things like that, like literally everyday people have the opportunity now to create massive audiences and to in turn monetize those audiences. And so the future of media, I think in general is shifting to be a lot more democratized and the future of advertising and marketing for brands. So instead of brands, you know, spending $20 million on a Super Bowl ad, which a lot still do, how else are they spending, you know, the rest of their 20 million budget? Like, is that now divided between like a hundred influencers that are all like mega stars that they've signed for like a year contract? Like, there is so much opportunity in this space. And I think we're just going to continue to see, especially young people, but like literally all kinds of people from all kinds of niches creating content and monetizing that content. And so to me, I think the opportunity is in like helping be a resource for people that are newly entering this space because the like old established way of being an influencer, those are not the only types of influencers anymore. Like when we think of influencers, it's not just like the massive Jake Paul YouTube stars and like the massive like Instagram fashion girlies. There's all kinds of people that are entering the space and making money from it. So that's what's really exciting to me is like this can become a side hustle or like a hobby for literally anyone, whatever your interest is, gaming, furniture, interior design, like literally anything, there's content to be made about it, which means that there's brands who want to put money behind it. Um, And so with Norm, like creating those tools that help, you know, kind of uh, bring a quality to those pay rates and and the education and and the standard standard of influencer marketing over time as it continues to be democratized. Right. And for people, because I know there's people listening that want to be a content creator. And I know you get these questions all the time, hence Norm (laughs) in general. Um, But they want to get in the space and lots of people feel like they've missed the boat, even though they definitely haven't. As you just said, you can be an influencer in so many niches now. Um, But what would your advice for them be? Like what platforms, how many platforms, 
when can they start monetizing the whole spiel of yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think like, so I used to be a really big TikTok fanatic and I still am. Like TikTok is still my favorite platform, but there are ways to grow on Instagram now that are very similar to TikTok. And I don't think it's necessarily about like how many platforms or like, do I need to be on all of them? It's more which platform is best suited for the type of content you want to be creating. So for example, there's like, we were actually just talking about this this morning in a meeting, uh, the state of influencer marketing report by the influencer marketing hub came out uh, this week and the demographics on TikTok, which we all basically already know this, but the top two demos are like 13 to 17 and 18 to 24. There's people of all ages on TikTok, but those are the highest age brackets. And then on Instagram, it's like slightly higher. It's like 24 to 34 and then 34 to whatever is like the top two. So both platforms now have short form content. Instagram has reels, TikTok is TikTok. And I think I've seen people who have had a ton of success on Instagram reels, but it hasn't translated to TikTok. And similarly, people who have like 500,000 followers on TikTok and it hasn't translated to Instagram, they maybe have like five or 10,000 followers on Instagram. And so one, I think it's like figuring out which platform makes the most sense for your audience and like the type of content that you're creating. And then in terms of like actual content creation, I really think people just need to lean into like entertainment. Like there is so many types of like fashion bloggers and education, like literally anything, whatever your thing is, you can create content about it, but make it entertaining, like make it so that people want to watch you and your content and think of all of the videos that you scroll through every single day when you're on these platforms, like you scroll in literally 0.5 of a second. Sometimes you see like the first frame and you're like, eh, nah, not for me. So like, I think that is the biggest challenge for newbie content creators is figuring out their type of content or like how to best create content that is captivating, engaging, entertaining, and is going to build you that cult following. Once you find that formula, you can, you know, apply it to whatever type of content you want to be creating. I mean, I was creating influencer marketing content, fashion content for a long time, and then fell into Gilmore Girls niche (laughs) because (laughs) I am a fangirl and I made like one video that went super viral. And then I decided to lean into it because I was like, wait, this is actually really fun for me. And I feel like my commentary in this niche is very unique and it's an unsaturated niche. So look, if you're like, like I'm looking at cereal right now, (laughs) you're somebody who's like obsessed with cereal and you like know the best cereals or, you know, you love hiking and, you know, the best places to go hiking, like whatever that thing is, I think rather than just thinking of niches as very broad, where we often think like fashion, beauty, fitness, it's like, cool. Okay. What else? Like, one of my favorite fashion influencers right now is Andy, who's actually from Calgary. Um, her handle is A, like E-H dot J-E-Y, I think, mm-hmm. um, on TikTok. And she does like Harry Styles inspired fashion moments, basically, right. <laughs> or like pop culture inspired fashion moments, like these very niche things that like very clearly define her as an influencer personality 
blended with like entertainment and things that people want to see, which is the fashion side. And so I think if you're a content creator, like finding those aspects about yourself or your personality or your interests um, and not being afraid to like show people that in your content, because I think that's what really helps new creators stand out. Right. Definitely. And it also goes back to like, you have to create a lot of content for a long time. So you better enjoy what (laughs) you're doing and not just picking something that you think is successful. Like I'm not going to start a Gilmore girls fan page just because you were successful (laughs) because I've never seen it. So I'm not going to like sit down and watch it to make these videos because (laughs) I could make one and then I'd be super bored because I just don't care, you know? So you have to find what you want to create content about as well. Yeah, it's so true. Like content creator burnout is very common. And I think a lot of people look at influencers and think it's very easy. But when you are someone that's doing it full time all day, every day, like being able to creatively come up with new ideas and, you know, new outfits or like whatever your thing is. So yes, to making sure that whatever your thing is, it's like a thing that you are genuinely passionate about. Totally. Yeah, I couldn't even people that do it full time. It's so impressive. And I would never, I'm like, that's why I have my own business to create content for other people. So I don't have to like be creative every day for myself. Cause I just, that's a talent in itself for sure. I <laughs> know it totally is. And going back a little bit to the business kind of as a, just an entrepreneurial question, how are you managing and building two companies at the same time? Like, how do you time manage? How are you like splitting that up without just like burning out I mean, yourself. <laughs> truthfully, I feel like I've cried at least once a week for the past <laughs> like couple of weeks. Like there's always one day, you know, I'll be like sitting in the VC office or like yesterday I got off a call and just like tears come. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's normal. Uh, but no, truthfully, it's really hard. Like building any company is very challenging. Um, and in some ways I may have overcommitted myself here, but in <laughs> The other ways I have a really amazing team at Hermana now who I've learned to like fully trust on things and really delegate myself out. And I think for small business owners, that can be very challenging because when you go from being the executor, running everything and doing everything and having ownership over everything to then hiring like your first employee or a contractor letting go of that control can be really scary. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs feel like if they do let go of that control, they like maybe like things will go wrong or like it won't be done the way perfectly that they would have done it or, you know, but um, I can't remember who said this, if it's a quote or if it was a conversation I had with someone, but it was something about like entrepreneurs what was it? Now I'm going to mess it up. But it was something about like being an an entrepreneur versus like a business owner and entrepreneurs, you know, can start things and do things themselves. But like when you own a business, the business can function and run without you. And it's like not dependent on you as the entrepreneur day in and day out to be successful. And so if you can't remove yourself from your business, do you really have a business or do you just have a personal brand? And so that to me was really interesting because for so long, I felt like I was the business and I needed to do all of these things. 
And then as I started hiring, I realized, wow, there's people that do these things better than me (laughs) and they should be doing them. And so my role has really evolved from like working with talent every day to now like some of the larger picture things and working on norm, but day to day, like I'm still figuring it out. That's for sure. I'm waking up a lot earlier. Uh, Two years ago, you would never catch me out of bed before like 9 a.m. And now I'm like up at six or seven (laughs) many times. And I'm also going to bed a lot earlier. So that helps that. Um, But I think it's just like a lot of little lifestyle changes like that and, and working on like, how do you block your time and how do you Um, make sure that when you're like actually working on things, you're focused and not distracted by like other things in your life. So yeah, it's been a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of learning. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. Like, as you were like talking, I was just like, oh God, that's me. I need to figure (laughs) out how to get out of my business because I have like three months to figure it out. So (laughs) So yeah, no, it's hard. hard. Like, I feel like not many people talk about that transition from like being a freelancer to like business owner to like, oh no, you can actually like take a vacation or take a maternity leave from your right (laughs) you're like I've never heard of that but I I guess we'll try (laughs) but it is it's like that control and then and like you just said like being your business and I'm struggling with it right now because I'm like if I give my clients someone else to talk to does that then like are they either just going to fire me because it's not me anymore or like what happens in that situation so that's exactly what I'm dealing with right now is to take that next step to to then let it go completely. Cause I have contractors that work for me, but I'm still the middleman. Like I'm the bottleneck for yeah. literally everything. And so obviously yeah. that's not doable for any other, if you want to do anything else in your life, like that's not going to work out. So it's yeah, I mean, it's, that's the whole learning process. Like y- until you do it, you don't know. And like, once you start removing yourself, then you realize like, oh, this thing that I was doing actually was not streamlined at all and makes no totally. sense. And then someone else will be like, oh, you should do it this way. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're totally right. So it's it's hard, but it's also very rewarding. I'm excited to hear like when you're on the other side of this, you'll be like, Kaylee, oh my gosh, like my employees are amazing. <laughs> totally. We'll schedule another one for like a year from now and our yeah. lives will be completely different and hopefully- <laughs> I will be just living my best life with not having to worry about like the little things that I do right now. So yeah, 100%. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that was all the questions that I have. And I appreciate you taking your time to share your wisdom and your tech startup journey. I don't think I've ever interviewed anybody who's doing that. So <laughs> I think yeah, that's exciting so to cool. have that on here for people to listen to. Because I think now, especially after the pandemic and everything with people realizing that they don't have to like either work in a corporate job or like be in an office and do so many other things. I think it's really fun to share what other people are doing and how you've like taken what you've started with and where it is now. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no, of course. Thank you so much for having me and for being interested um, (laughs) at these different stages of my life. (laughs) Of course. And where can people learn about Norm? follow Hermana agency, follow you, like all the, give all the things. Yes. Um, so norm is it's norm.ai everywhere. So ITS norm, N-O-R-M.ai. My name is Kaylee. You can find me by searching me probably from the show notes. Uh, K-A-Y-L-E-Y uh, <laughs> dot E dot R is my Instagram. And those are, I think the most important places to find me right now. 
Amazing. Well, thank you for <laughs> taking your time and I'll awesome. definitely have you back on once the whole thing is running again and and then we'll Thanks. have your next part of your journey. <laughs> yeah, no. Thanks so much.